We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. My name is Nate, and in today's episode, new details on the Cassian Andor series. Will Disney World ever be the same again? And we get nostalgic over video games. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me on the show, we have the jankiest... The joustiest, the jump man, Jayla. What's up, geeks? <laughs> and from a digital space only known as FaceTime, we have the combo breaker, triple kill Kevin. Ah, <laughs> oh, sweet. I always get the best names. How's it going, everybody? Everything works with K. <laughs> Nothing there works with J. <laughs> so I try That's my usually best. Story of my life. Story That's of my life. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? Hanging in Good, there. Man. This fine evening, you guys are still we're like everyone else in the world. We're all just cooped up in our house. You what guys, is it getting what, to what you are, yet? What are we on? Week six? Oh, it's like week nine hundred. It feels like. yeah, right. Yeah, it's like six or seven. <laughs> what I think. did uh, What did Ryan seven. Reynolds say on that Canadian special? Welcome to the tenth anniversary of this <laughs> six week quarantine. Yeah, pretty much, right? Um, so yeah, um, I was thinking we jump right into Watcha because I feel like we might have a little bit more Watcha than normal. Um, so let's start with Justin this time. Justin, what you been up to, bro? Uh, actually, truthfully, I haven't really been doing much. I've been working actually, so haven't been able to take in too much content. Working? Um, yeah. My, my job has been accelerated as of lately, so just been busy with that. Um, but in midst of all that i've actually watched uh, three things okay um i started watching primal oh uh, yeah which is great yeah awesome you've been enjoying the, it yeah it's fantastic um kevitz uh how do you say his name Ke- uh, uh gendy tartakovsky the same yes. guy that does samurai jack we talked oh, about it's it on the, the... the caveman dinosaur one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. it's awesome it's, it's so great, good. right? I've watched two episodes. I'm uh, thoroughly impressed with the lack of dialogue and uh, all the sort of sound effects that are, it's are so in it. It's so good. It's um, so nuanced. Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. So uh, good. What else? Uh, I, I finally sat down. Thank God for YouTube first. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> because someone out there took all of the behind-the-scene features from The Rise of Skywalker plus the two-hour documentary yeah. and put it into one video on YouTube. So it was oh, like nice. a three-hour video. Ooh, link, please. I, yeah, right. I'll send you the link. So I watched the two-hour documentary, which was like fantastic, uh, just about like how, you know, closing out this uh, final film for the Skywalker saga. Um, and like some pretty interesting points or, or like just some interesting things. Like I'll give you one. Like uh, we all talked about it in the recap podcast of... Uh, of the movie, but, uh, John Williams was, uh, in the film and, um, in that scene where he's standing, you you wouldn't see it in the scene, but what they did is they dressed the background with, uh, almost like 
artifacts from all the films that he had been a part of over 40 years. Uh, so like, there's like something from E.T., yeah. uh, something from Indiana Jones, like the whip in Indiana Jones, but they're all just made to look like more Star Wars-y sort of stuff. I think from. I saw a clip of that. They also have the, um, the time turner from Harry Potter, which is actually a little bit more visible. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's so sick. Have, yeah, yeah. So they have all these little artifacts in the background, but you would never know that from that scene. Like I watched that scene again, and it's like you don't see any of that stuff. But yeah. it's like it's very interesting that they went into that much depth for his cameo appearance alone, just to put in those little artifacts. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, kind of great homage. Nice way, yeah. Pay homage to John Williams and yeah. you know the impressions he's left on Star Wars. Um, and you know, just the, the little Easter eggs. Like I didn't know, I didn't know this, but in Babu Frick's place, there's the bad robot like head that's in there. Oh yeah, um, yeah as a droid. Like the, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Like, and they don't even like really address it. They they just show the set and they show someone like moving it around, and I'm like, oh my god, that's that's the bad robot like logo. It's so oh, cool. It's kind of cool that they did that. That's so there's so just these little things in there. Um, yeah, it was really good. I, if you guys had a chance, check it out. Uh, it's nice insight uh, into the behind the scenes. Um, and then other than that, just been watching Westworld. Oh, Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kevin, it's so good. It's so good. And 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 the the last like again, I'm not going to spoil anything just to say though that that last episode that just recently came out, uh the second last episode if you're listening to this later, um that seventh episode was just fantastic. Um I won't say who, but just there's a confrontation that happens and it's just ah, uh, so good. Yeah. So good. You just I, have to watch. I, I kind this. of I thought it was kind of meh. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, man. I thought it was. I thought it was. It it felt like the right time to show that moment, um, especially if you watch the trailer for next week. And right now, Kevin's just like airplanes are flying overhead. Yeah, I don't watch. No I don't watch. About. I don't watch trailers but before. Is this no? season at least a bit more uh, uh, easy to follow? Oh, hundred uh- percent. Yeah. Yes, I, I would agree with that. I, yeah. I would I would say entirely because like last season was very just because of how fragmented the stories were and how everything was just kind of spread out. Um, this this at least has a little bit of that mystery, like that lost mystery. But then there's a payoff uh, and things start to make sense. And uh, yeah, there there is there is more of an understanding of what's actually happening. Nice. I wonder if I'll ever get into it. I, I always find like that's the thing I think that's interesting about Westworld I was talking with someone about it and they were like yeah you know what I think I really just like the show because I don't fully understand it and I'm like that's interesting that's... yeah well that's me with Lost you know I think that was the obsession with Lost when it first came out and granted say what you will about the ending and, and, and maybe a lot of things not being answered but to to kind of you're going along for the ride right with the characters the characters don't quite understand what's going on fully either right so it's it's uh i love that sort of meta narrative that way cool yeah kevin what's ya been I, I, uh, doing what you've been reading what you've been watching what you've been eating um <laughs> it's it's funny i'm kind of in the same boat as justin in, in that i haven't watched nearly as much over the last week or so as you know one would imagine given what's going on yeah um so, you know, I have a few weekly shows that we watch, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, nice. you know. Uh, oh, it was so good, eh? That was, <laughs> oh, this, season, this season has been awesome. Awesome, yeah. yeah. I, we, were talking, we were talking about that last time. I, yeah. I laughed so hard in this episode. Yeah, it was, yeah the, the getting back to the precinct for everything, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, what else? Uh, 
I started a rewatch of Big Bang. I always need something on in the background when I'm working. And so that's, you know, it was Community last time. It was The Office before that and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I have Big Bang on in the background every day. Uh, I've been playing a little Uncharted. I'm like two Ooh. chapters away from beating the first game. So that's good. Yeah, I was going to ask because we're talking about video games yeah. uh, as our topic of the show. What have what you guys been, uh, I guess, playing, you know, during the during this this time? Uh, and so Uncharted and you're liking it so far? It's okay. It's okay. I've had some issues with it, but you know. Yeah. Which one uh, are you on yet? Are you on the I'm first? Ju- one I'm just still? just the first one still. Yeah. So you know, yeah. it takes just, me, it takes me a while to get through these things. You, you just wait. You'll you'll once you hit that second one, it's gonna. There's a there's a. I would say probably one of my favorite moments is the opening scene of the second one. So. Uh, oh yeah. It's a good nice. one. Yeah. Nice. It's really no, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to get through this one. The puzzles are getting so hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. So it's taking a little longer, and there's definitely been some rage quits. But if you if you need a strategy guide, I no one's gonna blame me at this point. The game's you know been out long enough; it's fine. Yeah. So I I have looked up a, a couple walkthroughs for like certain little moments, but I try not to if you know. Yeah, it's, I think it's only if I get stuck to the point where it's like where it's I not can't enjoyable. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, no, I'm uh, having fun with that, and then uh, I'm actually starting. Um, to get back into Lost, funny that you should have uh, mentioned that because oh, I'm yay. joining uh, my buddy David Portman on his podcast up next. Shout out. Um, we're gonna do three episodes on Lost. Oh, it's so oh cool. That's awesome. Yeah. He's doing yeah. up next. Uh, yeah, his uh, podcast is called Up Next U P N X T. Usually they look at wrestling, but they also. Uh, for their premium content, do movie reviews and that sort of thing. And so I think it's the 15th anniversary of the show. And so we wanted to do uh, oh, Lost. Man. You, so, got, you might get me back into it, I got to say. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch all 118 episodes. <laughs> you know, um, I think it's something like 5,000 minutes or 80 hours. So that might be oh, tough wow. to get done by next week. But uh, we'll see. He's, he's picked out, I think, 15 or 16 episodes. Very cool. That sort of chronicled the show and everything like that. And so... If I had so, a lost if I had a lost podcast, I would probably call it previously on. But that's oh, just me. <laughs> oh, there we go. I like that. That's excellent, actually. Uh, so yeah, that's exciting. That's so that's what'll be up to this week. Uh, Very it's cool. Going to be a lot. I'm going to be getting lost and lost. So yeah. How about yourself? Yeah. Um. I. So for me, um, I wanted to start watching Ozark season three, and uh, on Netflix and. I realized that I never finished season two. Uh, so I actually restarted my watch of Ozark season two because I think I was four episodes in. And then I found that I just didn't really remember a lot of it. So I, I restarted it. And uh, Jason Bateman is fantastic. Um, he's honestly, there's a moment close to the end of season two where like his character the entire time is so he's so stone faced and he doesn't react to anything. And he's he's strong in that way. And there's a moment in in this at the, near the end of the season where you just get to see him break down and it's fantastic it's just such a good um acting moment between him and um who's the girl that plays Ruth uh in that show uh Julia Garner is just unbelievable i want to start watching some other things she's in cuz she's actually fantastic um what else so many people keep telling us to watch that one dude you got to watch ozark it's it's just it's breaking bad again um, but it's different enough to the point where you're like, because I think this one, you actually care more about the rest of the family <laughs> as opposed okay. to Breaking Bad, where you're just like, you wish all the rest of the family would go away. <laughs> right. Um, but dude, it's it's awesome. It's so good. Um, I watched a couple episodes of The Midnight Gospel on Netflix. 
Um, Justin, you might be into it. Um, it's it's very different than what I thought it was. So it's from the makers of um, of Adventure Time. So it's got that Adventure Time look to it, where it's very trippy. But think about it like as if it's it's Adventure Time, but for adults. Um, and essentially, the main character goes from like interdimensional planet to interdimensional planet, and he records a space cast, which I guess is like a podcast, right? And the interesting thing about it is when once the show kind of has its own structure, once it falls after a certain point during the intro, which is kind of like a cold open, they go into this essentially what sounds like a recorded, a pre-recorded podcast. So like they, he, he basically just talks with like a guest and the guest talks, but their characters are animated and crazy stuff is happening around them. But they're just talking like as if we're talking right now on our podcast. Like, you know, it's like, like, so, illustri- so, it's like an illustrated story. Yes, exactly. Or an illustrated podcast. Um, and it's, it's so weird, man. Topics, just everything to do with psychedelic drugs and like how misunderstood they are. Um, it's really interesting. I, I would give it a watch. If you're an Adventure Time fan... You'll enjoy the aesthetic of it. You might not enjoy the content. Um, but for me, I, I I dig anything that I don't know about. So I, I was into it. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. And then uh, as for gaming, um, still all the Animal Crossing. I cannot escape it. Tom Nook has me under his thumb. Um, I finished Ori on my stream. Uh, and uh, which quick plug... Uh, Twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames if you want to check me out. Um, maybe help me pick the next game. I am thinking Doom, though. I think maybe that's going to be where I, I start as far as like a campaign game. And then maybe I'll mix in some other games. Um, so definitely check that out. Speaking of gaming, that is going to be our uh, topic for today. But before we get to uh, even the news and then our topic, um, no trailer time today because they're Let's be honest, there's no trailers again. Uh, But we have a write-in question from a fan, which is awesome. Uh, So this question is perfect. Uh, It comes from Megan from Toronto, who asks, which gaming, Nintendo, Xbox, etc., series, do you want to create a line of Funko Pops? Justin, we'll start with you. Mario, baby. Ah, That would be great. Mario would be fantastic. Uh, like a lot of those characters you know in the variants that you could do with the characters the moments you could do the rides oh, yeah. you could do it would Dude, be think about it mario kart rides yep mario you have kart a, rides. Like a, a sub series right there yeah. you get a yoshi one yep that's what i mean you get yoshi i mean you could do a moment if you wanted to you could do yeah. a cool moment like you know the flagpole moment or like yeah like one inch goombas yeah, one is yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and just like it would be cool if they, you know, you could do a whole lot with that. So what's, I know that's not, I know that's one that they've tried really hard to like get. Yeah, um, and they've they're working on because you know now that they have Pokemon, which is obviously not a Nintendo property, but they just have the gaming rights. They share a close they, relationship. You yeah. also have to imagine too with with Mario now uh, easing up on the license. Yep. You know, like they've got Lego now, right? So that set came out. Yeah, and then of course Zelda. Like Zelda Ooh. would be, would be ideal, dude. Right? I thought about Zelda too. I I do think that would have been. I can't believe that hasn't already happened, because uh, there's so many options, especially with Breath of the Wild. And you know um, what they're do they're doing now too is they're doing these like they're doing more of these multi set pieces that come together. 
so oh, it'd be sick. cool to do like a smash brothers series where it's oh. like you know metroid like all the primary ones you're using, Kirby you're using all, all the them. answers when you say <laughs> smash brothers <laughs> um dude i absolutely agree with you justin really quick if they could do a 10 inch what's the obvious choice for mario bowser right 100 yeah that would be yeah, so I'd, dope. I would, I would, I would totally pay for a ten-inch Bowser. Oh, oh hell yeah, hundred percent. Cool. Yeah. All right, Mario series. Uh, Kevin, did you have anything for well, I mean, Megan's the jerk, question? The jerk took the good one. I know. Uh, I literally have Mario a whole thing would, written would out. One hundred percent have been my answer. Uh, so you know, uh, you know, I think uh, Banjo Kazooie. Um, yeah. Could lend itself to to be a nice looking series. Oh, absolutely! I mean, they already have. Uh, I thought they already had him, but they. I'm thinking of uh, Crash Bandicoot, right? They yes. kind of right. Yes, right. But Banjo no, Banjo Kazooie would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's enough. Fantastic. There's enough memorable characters from that that you could uh, you could have a decent little line. I think so. For sure. Very cool. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. I would love to just see like. I I wonder if they could even do Funko. Um, do they do Funko objects with pops like? Like, what if they just... Because, you know, like, in Banjo-Kazooie, there's that, that puzzle piece, the gold yeah, puzzle sure. piece, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, could that be, like, its own pop, in a way, like, without uh, eyes? I think or it would be something... No, it would just be something that would come with a pop, right? Like, right, it would be would like be that, that variant pop that you would have that comes with that little thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they would, that's, that's they would do one. They would do one with Banjo with his hand out, and then one with another one that's the exact same pose, but a puzzle piece is in And his only hand. do a thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> Bruto. Funko, why do you do this to us? Um, <laughs> cool. Okay, well, because all the good answers were taken, um, I absolutely was thinking uh, Mario and then Smash Bros., um, I decided to go with something a little bit different. I don't know if you guys have played this game, so it might not resonate as well. Uh, but Overcooked, I thought, was a really cool idea. The characters are all pretty sort of squatty already, and they kind of look like uh, like Funko Pops already. So um, there's different, anim- you know, there's a raccoon, you know, like I think the raccoon's in a wheelchair, which is like the best part about that game. Um, because you, you in if you haven't played Overcooked, it's essentially just a, a multiplayer game, four-player game, where you you want to kill the people that you're playing with because of just how frustrating it is to have to do things. Cause like you would chop the vegetables and then you would send the vegetables over to them and then they would have to like uh, cook them and then they have to send it to somebody else who has to. So it's, you're, you're all line chefs. And uh, I think that would be fantastic, especially if they did like a set, right. Where they have like a kitchen and things like that. And I think it could totally work. Um, I want to play this game. Yeah. Oh, Kevin, if you haven't played Overcooked, like we got to maybe see if we could do like an Overcooked over the internet somehow. We'd have to make sure. The biggest thing with Overcooked, though, is you have to be able to talk to each other. So FaceTime would have to be a must. Right. No, it looks awesome. Yeah, man. <laughs> Definitely check it out. Um, Overcooked, I think, one and then Overcooked two is they're both on the Switch. They're on PS4. Cool. Uh, but thank you so much, Megan, for the writing question. Yeah, that's you awesome. Rock. Uh, if any of our listeners happen to uh, love what we do, but also would love some maybe nerdy artwork, uh, you can check out Megan's Instagram at meganclara.draws. Uh, she does some awesome pieces. I've even got some up in my house. Um, so definitely check that out on Instagram. Thank you so much, Megan. And listen, if you listeners want to write into the show with your questions or comments and suggestions, Justin, where can they do that? They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's we are geekcentric at gmail.com. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, um, let's uh, let's get right to it. Let's dig into the news. It's all about the details. All right. Well, let's get into this first news story here. 
we now know when the Cassian Andor series takes place in the Star Wars timeline. Uh, this in a write-up by Matt Fowler at IGN. With the news that Genevieve O'Reilly will reprise her role as Senator Mon Mothma for the Disney Plus Cassian Andor prequel, uh, marking the fourth time that the actress has actually donned the Rebel Alliance leader robes, um, also comes the exact placement of the series in the official Star Wars timeline. Um, So while announcing the casting, um, I guess, uh, oh, which now includes O'Reilly, Denise Koff, um, Kyle Soler, and which one that really surprised me and I'm super stoked about, uh, Stellan Skarsgård is actually going to be in it, which is super cool because I love, I love him. Uh, any, all the Skarsgårds are great. Um, but anyways, the series is going to take place five years before the events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, Tony Gilroy, who co-wrote Rogue One uh, and also wrote and directed all the reshoots, will direct and serve as showrunner for the series. Uh, he recently replaced Stephen Schiff. So. You mean you mean Tony Gilroy saved Rogue One? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but guys, uh, what do you guys think of five years before? Uh, you know that gives him a lot of time, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a little confused by the possible sequel. Yeah, I don't understand how that <laughs> is. He a <works>? ghost? <laughs> Maybe unless that's unless, just in this unless they show um, Mon, Mon Mothma. Mothma. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like, probably how they do it, right? It could be confusing. a back and forth, though. Yeah, you know? it could be a time shift thing. So. Like, I would even look at something like imagine if they did a storyline where we see the events taking place after, uh, and then also all of the sort of maybe um, uh, things that happened because of what happened five years ago. So maybe there's some, there's got to be some sort of big event that they're going to kind of follow. And then we're going to see the outcome of it. Well, at the same time, flashbacking back to seeing how it happened. That's if I was to write it. <laughs> right. Uh, as long as uh, Tudyk's in it, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah dude. exactly. Yeah. He's going to be yeah. there for more sure. of him for sure. Like it'd be fantastic. I think one thing is for sure, though, yeah. that a lot of these questions that we might be having would have or may have been answered at Star Wars Celebration this year, because uh, mm. there's been a lot of like little little things that have been announcing this over the last couple of months that have been kind of leading towards potentially, you know, big announcements. You know, I, yeah. I think, you know, getting more information about, you know, uh, Rosario Dawson being in Mandalorian season two, if that's actually going to happen. Right. Um, they just brought on a, a female uh, director from Russian Dolls to direct a new series. Yeah, a female. Um, centric series apparently yeah yeah so it's like there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of things happening within the star wars universe but not enough information and i'm like thinking that either may or august obviously was probably going to be the 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 pinnacle of when a lot of this was going to be revealed i'm shaking my head justin because you're going right for my heart here you know like (laughs) you know darcy and i had the tickets we're we're you know everything's ready to go for august but there's still uh, no news right like there's still no news but it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen i mean you gotta be realistic if if disney is not gonna be opening apparently you know as we talked about last week until next year essentially it's it's not gonna happen i'm so sad about it because i was really looking forward to the first non uh skywalker saga celebration you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I also think, though, that the Disney story that you're thinking of is the one that we're going to be talking about today, which is <laughs> <laughs> Listen, probably guys, the next story. Uh, hey, it's there's been your a segue. Long, it's been a long day. Let's get into the next story here. <laughs> As I mentioned, 
Disney theme parks may not reopen until January 2021, say analysts in a report from Jim Veveda at IGN. Uh, Disney is reportedly considering keeping their theme parks and resorts, such as Disneyland in Anaheim and Disney World in Orlando, closed until at least the beginning of the new year due to the coronavirus pandemic. Disney parks remain indefinitely closed at the moment. Um, according to the Los Angeles Times, the global financial advisory firm, UBS, informed their clients' Monday that the Walt Disney Company is likely to wait until January 1st to open its theme parks. Once they do, UBS predicts that they will see only about 50% of the 2019 uh, attendance, and they can expect reduced profitability until there's a vaccine for the coronavirus. Um, guys, like with, with Disney losing upwards of $30 million a day, what do we think is going to happen to our favorite place on earth? Is it ever going to be the same? It's only $30 million a, a day. That's not that much. That's that a, is lot, a lot, man. <laughs> a day? <laughs> just oh, my kidding. gosh. Just but they'll, <laughs> they'll get bailouts and stuff. They'll be yeah. fine. And it's Disney. Yeah. They'll be fine. For sure. Yeah, they'll, but be, like, they'll be fine. I'm mad because I was planning to go at the end of the year. I was yeah, 100% I know Kevin, planning to go at the end of the year. I know, Kevin, you had some plans to do some some uh, reshoots or some additional shoots for your for your wedding. Oh, uh, yeah. I was well. supposed to go down and plan out my books and my and my wedding photography and all my pictures and stuff like that. So, yeah, 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 it's crazy, man. What do you think? Do you think when they come back online again, like when they when they open back up, is it going to be is everything going to be fast pass, um, you know, specific like you, there's no waiting in lines? And I wonder that's interesting. You know, because like, it, what are they going to do for lines? Because those lines are already long enough as they are, given you want to put six feet in between people, right? Like, yeah, I wonder if maybe they let fewer people into the park. That's and, what they were and saying. Sort of, you know, so that's what that's that was one of the big things like before this broke was that like, how is how would Disney approach this? So there's been a lot of like chatter of like you know checking people's temperature before they come into the parks yeah. uh I also having different checkpoints uh and, and wash points and stuff like that but also significantly reducing the number of people that are actually allowed into the park uh on a on a daily basis so. i also think that they need to um look at being fair and and seeing if there's a way that they can limit uh florida residents or or anaheim residents and uh, and visitors, you know, like have have a way to sort of say like, cool, we understand you live here. This is your park. But also we have people from all around the world that are trying to get in. So if they are going to do a reduced amount of people, do you, don't you think that would be fair to sort of be like, hey, you people who have access to it constantly and the people that are that have been looking forward to this for maybe three or four years before this coronavirus, like. Don't you think it's fair that those people that can barely uh, sure. get to the park in an ideal world that's very fair, but I don't think that that's easily manageable, right? Like no. that's not something that you could really, you know. I think they have to just say that this is how many tickets are available for the day, and then yeah. those get bought up, and then that day is sold it. out. It's sold out. Yeah. It's you know what I mean. It, it would be essentially that. And I mean, we we had so much to look forward to with. Uh, you know, with I'm sure with anything new that was going to be at Galaxy's Edge, but also uh, the Avengers Campus in yeah. California was supposed to yeah. have been opened, right? Well, I in think July. I think this will give them this will all it'll all be ready now when they do finally open up, you know. Yeah. Mm. Well, like, cuz people are still working at the parks, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think there's I mean, I think the the construction on the Star Cruiser Hotel has halted. Mhm. Mm um, but I think they are still doing the rides. Yeah, and maintenance. So they're still and stuff. working on Tron and stuff like that. And yeah, there's oh, yeah. there's people there to keep maintenance and everything like that for sure. Cool. All right. Well, I really hope that we 
can go back to the happiest place and the most magical place on earth uh, as soon as possible. Um, I was planning 2021 anyway, so I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we get our tickets uh, tomorrow. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get into the next one. Right, because we're going to be talking about uh, some video game memories as our topic of the show, uh, I wanted to do kind of a gaming news story here. Sony plans limited PlayStation 5 output in first year. Uh, this is a story by... Uh, and I hope I'm not butchering, butchering these, uh, Takashi Mochizuki and Yuki Furukawa from Bloomberg. Uh, Sony Corp plans to produce far fewer units of its upcoming PlayStation 5 in its first year than it had, pre- than it had for the previous console's year. Um, the Tokyo-based tech giant is limiting its initial production run uh, in part because it expects PS5's ambitious specs to weigh on the demand, leading to a high price at launch. Um, according to um, different analysts, they're looking at the, all the different parts that are all the different parts that are going to be put in, and uh, they're looking at around four ninety nine to five forty nine USD. Um, so, guys, two questions: Are you are you worried about getting a PS5? Right? Are you worried about getting a PS5 this December? Um, do you really think these new consoles are going to come out? Are they going to get delayed? And is 549 USD too much to ask for for you? Yeah, way too much. Yeah, like that. Like we convert that to Canadian, that's almost seven. That's like almost two hundred. Like especially with the dollar right now, that's <laughs> yeah. you know, that's astronomically high. You're po- yeah. co- close to seven hundred, I think. Um, well, at least. Yeah, right. Like, and and that's and that's probably just the system, no game. Right. It'll you know probably I mean? be like a base system, you know. Yeah. And then there's going to be one with a larger hard drive, or yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, so larger that's, SSD. That's a lot. It, it, this is one of the things. Like, it's to be expected. Obviously, is a the demand's probably not going to be there, right? Yeah. I, I think that the reality is, is demand won't really be there as much. You don't think so? Because according to analysts, there's dude, there's people that, losing their jobs right now. There's people no, that don't I, like that aren't, aren't making an income. Like who's going to really, like? Yeah. You have to imagine the the amount of people that are hardcore gamers that have a PS4 already that do have that dispendable income, especially sure. in the December month, right? Sure. Especially around Christmas, because people usually save up. The I, I guess what they're saying is is that it's not that it, it's going to get delayed, but people are thinking that it's just going to be extremely limited. Like we're talking more than the 360 was at launch. Which yeah. if you ever tried to get an Xbox 360 at launch, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that like you know, I haven't really obviously been following the console world, but as much. Sure. But like I follow the camera world, and there's a camera that's supposed to be coming out like this summer, or that was supposed to be coming out this summer, yeah. and it might still come out, but there just might not be as many because manufacturing mm-hmm. has, uh, on their end, has dipped significantly. So it's like, in the you know, I guess consumer hardware perspective, it's it's kind of happening all over. Um, yeah. You know, there's also talks with Apple and iPhones and and future product releases, like how much they're going to be delayed in terms of manufacturing and, and distribution and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it it, it kind of goes hand in hand with what's already going on. Yeah, I I just I know that uh, I just know that I'm gonna want one. <laughs> Kevin, what about yourself? Do you think you want a PS5 in December? Or are you good to, to continue uh, your playthrough of Uncharted? I'll be late. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll 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 be late to the party for sure. <laughs> I'm all, I'm always a couple of years behind on these now. So sometimes that's the best way to go. Uh, I got. I got the PS3 on launch. I got the PS4 on launch. I, I'm okay with not getting the PS5 this year based on the circumstances sure. uh, on on day one. But, you know, inevitably I will get it and hopefully it'll be a little bit more 
uh, cost friendly than freaking like you know seven hundred Canadian dollars. Yeah. Wow. Seven fifty. That's two hundred dollars more. That is ridiculous. Jeez. Let's hope our I dollar don't... is somehow better by then. Right. Cool. Well, guys, that has been our news. Uh, some some interesting news stories there. But uh, guys, I wanna I wanna make the I wanna get a little bit happier. I wanna get a little bit more nostalgic. Uh, so we're gonna move into our topic of the show, our gaming memories. Let's get into it. All right, guys, so we are going to be talking about our gaming memories for this week's topic of the show. Uh, so we wanted to kind of get, you know, kind of a different perspective from from each from all three of us uh, guys like what would you know, I'm a, definitely a hardcore gamer. What would you guys classify yourselves as as gamers? Uh, I, I'm very casual, casual. Yeah, very casual. Uh, and more and more as the years go on, I find. Yeah, yeah. I used to play I, I... a lot more when I was younger. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say I'm I'm fairly casual. There's there's certain games that like I'll I'll stick with, uh, but it's not something I do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I kind of like will jump in and out of based on the games that come out and like really focus on them and like play them and then just kind of then go back to just not gaming for a while. So it's it's very on and off. Cool. Yeah, like you have your like sort of bouts of like being a gamer and then moments where you're like I I haven't played a game in like two months. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've had that before, but in I think a lot less. Um, guys, this is going to be kind of like more of an interview style segment. I'm going to kind of throw out a question, and then all three of us are going to kind of take our times to answer it. Um, this is something similar to something that we want to try, um, where we might start to do a, maybe a, another interview segment uh, in a future episode here on the Geek Centric Podcast. So, you know, write in, let us know if that's something you're interested in. Um, but guys, I wanted to start with, uh, well, I think where we absolutely have to start. Your first memory ever playing a video game. Who wants to go? Um, well, so I remember when I was very, very young, um, watching my uncle play his uh, NES. Uh, and so he would play, you know, Punch-Out and, uh, you know, the original Mario and stuff like that. And it was I had fun watching him, but he'd never let me play. Uh, and then he finally, finally let me play Sonic on his Sega. So that's probably the first game I can remember playing you know and how old were you 32 <laughs> <laughs> no so that would have been when i was about five years old probably oh cool and so on the which uh the sega dreamcast no just the regular like genesis. Sega genesis oh it's like a genesis oh yeah. man see i was never a sega guy so for me it was like i think i had a sega handheld and that was about it which was much further from from their first console release right Oh, big time. That Sega, I remember that Sega handheld, and it had, like, it didn't take, like, eight AA batteries or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> so, like, like, you get it, and you're like, this is pretty light, and then you put the batteries in, and you're like, oh, <laughs> It's a brick. God. I know. It's like a brick. <laughs> I'd go on an eight-hour car trip, and it would use, like, 24 batteries. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, so, Kevin, your your first, I mean, I think a lot of people, that's that's their first, right, is watching someone play. Why wouldn't he let you play? Uh, he was just, you know, I was, oh, you know, he's, he, what are you going to do at five, right? I'm not going to be any good. So, yeah, you know, you, yeah, you watch you. him play and then sort of, you know, and I, I remember doing that with my younger brothers themselves. Like Darcy yeah. will always talk about how he would watch me and I'd never let him play, you know? <laughs> so. See, something, something we do, um, 
in, in my household because I have little cousins is uh, if you know now they're all at an age where they can actually play the games but I would hand <laughs> I would hand one a controller that just wasn't paired to the system yeah, yes <laughs> I yeah. do that with my nephew so. yeah. Yeah. right and then he, he just thinks he's playing but there was one moment where he just kept asking like who I am who I am on the screen <laughs> who I am and we're like you're that guy buddy he's like no they're too they're too smart (laughs) justin how about yourself what is your uh first ever memory playing a video game yeah i think i was i had to have been maybe like four or five so in and around the same age because i guess kevin and i are we are the same age so um makes sense uh we had just moved in to our house in aurora and i remember my dad and my uncle uh bringing home like this big like briefcase like it was a black briefcase and they said oh yeah we went to the video store and we rented this and then they opened it up and it was it was the nes like uh, nintendo's original system yeah and i had no idea what it was right like i was a kid i had no idea and like he plugged it in and and very much like kevin i i didn't get an opportunity to play but they played this basketball game that i i think is called double dribble i think that's the one double dribble um, sounds like i was <laughs> An yeah, NES it, game. Or a, yeah. Was well, it, sorry, it's, an SNES? No, NES. 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 Yeah, that sounds yeah, like an NES cool. game. All right. Yeah, and, and it was like I just remember this graphic. Like when you used to like, if there was a mo- like if you were gonna go do a slam dunk, you know how there was like a cutaway shot now in games, and it's like all like <laughs> super graphic. It was yeah. just a pixelated image of like like someone just going to do a slam dunk, and it was like <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing, and I was so captivated by it. It was the first um, uh, first the very first quick time event, or not even that, because I guess you wouldn't even be controlling the character, right? It's just like a no. video. Cutscene? Yeah, it's just a video. Yeah, yeah. it's just a video cutscene, like of like of of someone like midair, and it's just pixelated <laughs> to look like a video game. And for some um, reason, they're like black and white. Yes, I'm exactly. At pictures yeah. right now. Yeah, this, this looks ridiculous. Dic- yeah, it was really it was really odd. <laughs> um, so I I vaguely remember that, but that's how I interacted with consoles. I, I never I didn't own one for a very long period of time. It was always like my dad renting consoles and then i would play it so i'd have it for like three or four days and i would play like i've played you know sega the dreamcast Mm -hmm. i had uh then obviously the nes later um yeah it was it was a very interesting experience as a kid like wanting to game but not having the ability to game like i always wanted to yeah i I would do it mostly at my cousin's place because they were a bit older and they always had the systems they always had the latest latest systems oh yeah they were always they were always on it you would think that uh, that I, being me, <laughs> would have always had the latest and greatest, but we all have to be introduced to the world of, uh, of gaming somewhere. Uh, and so, you know, playing with dinosaur toys only lasted me so long. And then uh, when I turned, uh, when I was five, um, I had to take the bus home uh, from school and I wasn't able to get to... Uh, the, the bus wasn't able to get to like where it needed to take me on its route, like to my house. Cause I guess we lived pretty far out. And, right. uh, so it had to drop me off at my friend's house. Uh, shout out to Steven and Amanda Grant, who I haven't talked to in a billion years. Uh, if they're listening, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> um, and, uh, I remember I, I would wait for my mom to pick me up there and, um, they had the SNES was my first ever, uh, first thing I ever saw with video games and they had the two best games um donkey kong country and super mario world and i remember um you know taking turns between deaths in those games and my my five-year-old mind was blown away with super mario uh world because the the graphics they look like like if you, you guys know like they look like a cartoon in front of you 
you know what I mean? And it's, 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 it was just, it was so cool. And, um, they were nice enough to kind of, again, take turns with me there. Um, and then Donkey Kong, like the fact that we had those computer generated graphics, I get that it was a side scroller, but those computer generated graphics at that time, you know, after, you know, Pixar had just released, you know, Toy Story around that time. Right. So it's like, you know, getting to see this in a video game, I was, that's, that's what hooked me right there was, was Mario, Super Mario World and uh, Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country was awesome. Dude, the minecart level? Yes. Oh, I, it's, <laughs> I still get nightmares. I still, <laughs> you know? That's how we were introduced to video games. And then uh, obviously we got, you know, we got, got hooked on them and, uh, and then we absolutely had to own some. So I'd love to know, guys, what were maybe some of your first gaming consoles that you actually got for yourself? I know you kind of mentioned a few already. Um, well, so my uncle gave me his Genesis at one point. Yeah. Uh, and then... But he wouldn't let next? you play on it. What's that? <laughs> well, he gave it to I you, but he... He eventually okay. gave it to me when I was probably <laughs> around eight or nine. Um, yeah. And so what happened is I ended up selling that at a garage sale. Mm-hmm. And along with a few other things, getting enough money that I was able to go out and buy my first system, which was the SNES. Amazing, yeah. Um, and so... Uh, that was that started something I would do for the next few years is that I would sell a system to buy the new one. So I think I went like SNES to N64 right. to PlayStation to Xbox, back to PlayStation, you know. Uh, but yeah, my first that I ever bought was uh, the SNES. Very cool. And I mean, that I think that's something that every gamer uh, has struggled with in the past is just their dumb selves or maybe their parents uh, selling their old consoles. And now it's like, oh, I want... I want an NES and it's like, it's so expensive or, you know, N64s are like $200. Like it's, it's insane. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Do you, do you ever get that, uh, that sort of, uh, urge to go back and, and want to play some of those games that you, you, you gave up or you, you're, once you're done, old games old. Oh, it was neat. Uh, our buddy Julian actually gave me a Sega Genesis. So I was able to go play, uh, NHL 93 or 94, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, and then Darcy's buddy gave him an N64. So I played GoldenEye. That was probably about three or four years ago I was able to play that. So that was that was awesome to go back and do for That's sure. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I don't know if GoldenEye uh, holds up as well oh, as Oh, the graphics are rough, man. It, yeah, and like the really controls. Are, the controls still are good. The controls yeah. were still good. I, I think the graphics are the biggest thing. I was just like, it, did I, do I remember it being this big? bad like you know what i mean like like people don't really look like people they just like look like geometrical shapes right like, yeah. it's really we, we kind of look back at that stuff with rose colored uh rose tinted glasses right so justin what was your uh what was your first maybe first few gaming consoles so like i like i was saying before my exposure to the console world was like through renting them mm-hmm. and i pretty much was doing that and then for my birthday, I got the SNES with like um, a Mario bundle. It oh, came yeah. with like Mario Party 8 and then like um, Mario, Super Mario World and sure, Mario yeah. Kart. Um, so I had that for that for a while. I, I never got an N64. And I, it wasn't until PlayStation 2 came out that I actually bought Jump back one. in. Really? Yeah, and I bought I bought a PlayStation Two, and then after that, it was like okay, PlayStation Three, and then yeah. PlayStation Four. So that is yeah, that's like how I've kind of stuck with it. I, I wish I like I really want to switch. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to say, like, if you are interested in getting a Nintendo Switch, I think you probably should just pull the trigger as soon as you can. Um, just with so many of them being actually really hard to find right now, um, which apparently has a lot to do with uh, there's people online just being awful people who are using programs to buy them up in bulk and resell them. And it's just disgusting. So um, Nintendo's working on combating that as best they can. But uh, if you see a Switch, just get it. Even if it's a Switch Lite, just buy it. Um, my first console was uh, the SNES. Um, Donkey Kong Country 2, I actually owned. I never owned Donkey Kong Country 1. Um, Super Star Wars, which anybody who says they've beat Super Star Wars, they haven't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, and then, that game was impossible. Oh, dude, you cannot. Like, I couldn't. I tried playing it now, and I'm just like, I, I can't even get past without cheating. So, um, I don't know why they had to make it so hard. Um, but I guess that's just video games back then. And then um, the other game that I had on the SNES was Ah Real Monsters. Do you guys remember that show? I, I remember the show for sure. Dude, the game was also, I think it was probably terrible if I remember properly. But it was just, you know, when you're a kid, right? And you you play these terrible games because that's, that's what you have. You know, that's what you have to play. So you just play it over and over again. Um, yeah, I... You know, I never really took a break. I jumped right into N64. Uh, two main games on there, obviously um, Mario Party, and then also uh, Pokemon Stadium One and Two. Um, the mini games in there were super cool. It was actually probably one of my favorite things with the N64 is um, playing Chansey's Egg Catch with my mom. Um, and like, you know, I had other friends from school too, but my <laughs> my mom was the most available friend that I had to to hang out and play. Listen, Kevin's rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> I did. I was popular, I swear. Um, but no, Chansey's Egg Catch, I still want to play that, actually, as soon as I can. Um, and then, um, and then yeah, the, the last one that I'll mention uh, was the PS1 um, that I played at my grandparents' house in the room just between the kitchen and the backyard. And uh, that was all about Ape Escape. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny that you put it there. It's like you're almost outside, but yeah. instead you're inside playing video Yeah, games. I got to see the outside. There was light and everything, but I wouldn't go outside. Are you kidding me? I had a PS1. Why do I want to go outside? I can go into space and hunt apes. Um, yeah. So Ape Escape and then, of course, Spyro the Dragon. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I never liked the PlayStation that much. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was but, always like, more of a Nintendo got... guy. Yeah, yeah that's I, fair. Like I, at least the original fair. PlayStation. PlayStation mm-hmm. Two changed the game a bit, but mm-hmm. well, because you got me hooked on PlayStation Two, buddy. Yeah, PlayStation Two. My mom actually got my PlayStation Two, um, like ba- basically a stolen unit out of the back of somebody's trunk <laughs> a week <laughs> really? before a week before Christmas. Um, so Kevin, she was a hero. We need to compare uh, parents and PlayStation 2 stories here because my dad, um, so there were two things that were extremely popular on the launch year of the PS2, PS2s and Cabbage Patch Dolls. Okay. And my my dad actually had um, an extra Cabbage Patch Doll because he thought, I'll just buy two of them because the, the maximum that he was allowed to buy was two. So he bought one for my cousin who wanted one for Christmas. And then he actually got to the lineup for the PS2 and they cut off right before him. And uh, and he asked, he basically just asked the next person, hey, I have this Cabbage Patch doll. I will trade you this Cabbage Patch doll for your spot in line. 
And he did. And, you know, I'm sure he could have made bank off that Cabbage Patch doll, but he got me my PS2. And I think that I actually bawled my eyes out when I opened it. It was awesome. Oh yeah, that Super was a, cool. that was that was one of my favorite Christmas memories ever. That was that was like the pinnacle of gaming at the time, right? Like yeah, everyone man. wanted a PS2. It was crazy. Very cool, excellent. Well, those those are our first consoles and our PS2 uh, <laughs> acquiring memories, um, <laughs> guys. Uh, we talk uh, talked a little bit earlier about frustrating games. What was your first rage quit? Have you ever rage quit? This, this question is a little more directed at Kevin, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh. <laughs> not to, you know, not saying anything. He just, he's a, you know, he's a, as you guys know, he's a beast when it comes to movie combat. So, uh, you know, the rage is strong with Kevin. Um, I just wanted to know, what was your first rage quit, Kevin? I couldn't pinpoint it down, but I can almost guarantee that it was either in Aladdin or Lion King. Oh. Two of the hardest frigging games ever. Uh, are you talking about on uh, SNES? Uh, yeah, I think I had them for Genesis. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. I had. It, I, but they, I they were similar games. But yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. great, oh, like, like, dude. fun games. But oh my god, there's just one level in each. The the cave escape. Yes. On the, the magic ma- carpet. On the carpet. Oh. oh. And then oh. those. And then those bloody monkeys that toss you around in Lion King. Yes. Yeah. Oh. In Lion King. Those Figuring were the out worst. that puzzle, man. Dude, yeah. so listen, if you want to get some, uh, we talked about therapeutic games earlier too. If you want to get some therapy, Kevin, for, for your, your up, being upset with that, um, there's actually a collection on Switch that has both those games and it has a rewind feature so that you can, when you mess up on the monkey part, you can just rewind. So you might okay. need to get that on the Switch because it's, uh, and That's I think it's awesome. on the PS4 as well. So you could, you know, Justin, you could probably get into it if you wanted to as well. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm Maybe. looking for more. Because like, I, pl- I games. tried to play them yeah. about four or five years ago on the computer, and it's like even harder when you're using the bloody arrow keys and ASD, man. So I, I don't can't, I can't remember. I can't remember who was showing me that, but when they showed it to me on the computer, it just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It might have been you, Kev, but I don't yeah. know. I, it was I, even harder. I, oh, my God. So, yeah. I so there's another rage quit all those years later. <laughs> <laughs> it's still making your rage quit. I've probably rage quit about 7,000 times. <laughs> in video games or just in life? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <maybe. laughs> Better call a no, to call rage quit me. this podcast. <laughs> no, Kevin, I'm sorry. <laughs> Justin, how about yourself? You ever rage quit anything uh i i think i've gotten frustrated with a variety of different uh games uh yeah. you know most recently spider-man i'm actually playing god of war as mm. well some of the puzzles and the challenges um i just find it if i if i've if i'm getting frustrated or i'm i'm not like really doing what i should be doing or doing it properly obviously yeah. i just kind of take a step away from it i don't sure. know i just I, I i just like maybe my mind's not in it right now sometimes i've turned on a game i've started playing and then i've turned it off because i've just thought i wanted to game but then just you know haven't really wasn't really invested in it at that moment sure, yeah so, you, you have to be in that mindset right yeah but um, you know you get we get onto a good run though with a game you know you turn it on and it's like puzzle and you're you're really thinking and and then stuff like that and you get into it um you know you can go for hours and hours right so you know i well, think so, red dead was a lot of that and then there was oh, like yeah. times when it was like just out of here (laughs) some of the best puzzles um you know are the ones that you feel like you want to quit and then just the moment where you're about to give up you figure it out and it's so rewarding right but i think i think in those moments kevin you mentioned earlier the idea of just you know what if it's gonna get to the point where it's not fun anymore (laughs) you use a use a guide right and that's fine Um, I I did that for God of War recently. Right? And that's fine. But I think the reason there were so many rage quits back when, you know, Kevin, when you mentioned playing Lion King or Aladdin is because 
that that there was no guide. There was no yeah. internet. I couldn't just you know look up a YouTube well, video. There was there was guides. No, it, it, but even even if you could look up a YouTube video, you could see somebody do it. You still have to do what they're <laughs> That's doing, true. and it That's was true. so yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, for me, uh, well, I've never like thrown a. Con- have you guys ever thrown a controller? Oh my god, I've broken controllers. <laughs> really? Like, really? So, so see, that's a rage quit. That's a rage quit right there. <laughs> I'm surprised your Nintendo Switch is not bent in half with right. some of this. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to um, maybe not mention some games to you that that'll make you do that. Um, but no, for me, well, I've I've never thrown a controller. Uh, the most frustrated that I've ever gotten in a game was actually pretty recently, which is um, Mario Maker 2. Um, so, you know, if you don't know Mario Maker 2, you know, people make these insane levels. <laughs> and one of the rules for the, for the levels that they make is in order to upload it, you have to beat it. So they can't just make something that's impossible. They have to make something that's possible. But people will make it like pixel accurate and like <laughs> 1% possible. And dude... <laughs> I swear I played the same level seven hours straight. I didn't get past the first section. And, dude, the things that I would say at my TV, I I can't say them. I can't say them because there's preschool toys around. But, dude, they, like, just nonsense words sometimes. What kind of words come out? Well, actually, don't say them. But, like, do you guys find that, like, you'll just yell, like, rant? Like, sometimes I'll just be like, like, the snowman is good. Like, you know, I'll say weird stuff (laughs) that I'm like... There's no filter between my brain and my mouth. Just words will come out because I have to expel anger. Oh, yeah. I you guys ever much, have that? I very much sound like Joe Pesci in Home Alone sometimes. <laughs> frickin' frackin' son of a, you know. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. I, I've, I've dropped F-bombs. I've dropped, you know, all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. I've actually had my wife, like, come down and tell me, be like, you need to stop gaming right now. <laughs> yeah. Because you're obviously, you're not able to beat this level. So. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want Sebastian's first words to be... Uh... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. An F-bomb. Oh, I was cool. yelling at uh, Uncharted the other day pretty bad, and Sarah came yeah. down and was like, I can hear you upstairs. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need to be a little quieter. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, guys, uh, we talked about the fact that, Kevin, you mentioned you sort of were more of a Nintendo guy. I think, Justin, you're probably more of a PlayStation guy. Um, what would you guys say, Nintendo, Xbox, or PlayStation as like as your console or as what you identify with? Oh, it's so hard. Yeah, I, I um, would say I would say I, you're right, Nate. I kind of identify with PlayStation just because there's more of the gaming platform and uh, it, I, I like their gaming platform a lot but you kind I, of I look do... like a playstation oh, okay That's... yeah more but i think though in terms of innovation like when it comes to innovating the gaming experience yeah. it, it hands down is nintendo i think mm. that they've they've continuously tried to again innovate the gaming experience whereas you know, Xbox and, and PlayStation, they're more just playing like the spec game. You know what I mean? Right. Like whose specs are better, whose games run better, the resolutions are better, the, oh, yeah. the processing power. They're like supercomputers, right? Like mm-hmm. you can take these machines and wire them together and make a supercomputer out of them just because of how powerful they are, right? Sure, Whereas like, like, you know, mm-hmm. Switch is very much, you know, like look at the Switch. It, you know, it's flexible as a portable gaming console, but it's also something that you can dock and, and you know, experience on your television. It's adaptable, right? Like it's very adaptable in different situations. Sure, you've got you've got on one hand you have you know Sony and and Microsoft saying like look how many flops we put into this thing, and then you have yeah. Nintendo over here saying well exactly. we made the ability to milk a cow and feel the rumble specifically in your hand like yeah, there you go. <laughs> like 
<laughs> you know, yeah, that's a great yeah. example of that, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, are you Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation? Where do your uh, where do your where does your I heart think, lie? I think the majority of my fondest memories playing come from Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like again, buying the first system I ever bought was Nintendo, uh, and then I just loved the the N sixty four, and got mm. so much out of that one. Um, uh, you know, and not just you know. Uh, so I think you know, nostalgically, it it, it has to be Nintendo, uh, and I'm rocking the PS four right now. So there you go. You have a Switch too, though. I do have a Switch, yeah, but I play the PS four more than I do the Switch. So right, right, well, right. especially now, right? Like I'm with... waiting for them to do a, a Pokemon Snap two. That's what I Ugh. want. Pokemon it would Snap was so, the best. Dude, Pokemon Snap 2 would make so much sense with uh, with the motion controllers, right? Yeah. Like, you can point it around. Yeah. They, could inter- they could integrate Let's Go Pokemon into it or whatever, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, I think for, for me, I've always been in the mindset that, that games are what make a console. Um, so, you know, this is I guess this is, might be a little bit of a cop-out answer. But, like, for me, my loyalty is, like, it's all three for different reasons, right? Um you know, cop Nintendo out sure. cop out, cop out for sure. <laughs> I'll get to, I'll get, fine. I'll get to my real answer, which is Nintendo. But, but like Xbox introduced me to uh, first person shooters. You know, I never played GoldenEye on the N64. So my first person shooter experience started with Halo, which is unequivocally, I think, probably the best. Um, and then you know. Sony, uh, I kind of fell in love with story games, um, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit later with Sony, and then Nintendo, which I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll say my heart lies as well. You're right with Nintendo, and mostly because of multiplayer, um, couch multiplayer. Nintendo is the only company that gets that right, bar none. You know, um, and so it it just sucks that right now online is the only way to play, which Nintendo has a little bit of work to do in that space, but yeah. <laughs> but well, I mean, um, they kind they kind of invented it, right? With the f- the four ports on the N sixty four, it was kind of, you know, that's true. Yeah, they were the kind of like the one of the first people. I think the the I think there were four player games on the 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 PS one, but for the most part, um, yeah, I think the the N sixty four was the first one to nail it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, okay, have you ever one hundred percented a game? Have you ever completed one hundred percent? Got everything done. If you go back to it, there's nothing more you can do. Um, I mean, I think games used to be easier for that, right? Like games didn't used to be like, you know, the trophies and all those things. outside. True. It was basically a main story mission. And if you beat that, you beat that, you know. Mm. Uh, I think one of the earlier games I can remember where you had to like collect things outside of just passing the levels would be Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I finished that one. Like, got all the puzzle pieces, got all the letters that you had to get. Like, I'm trying to remember what you had to do in it. For sure, yeah. That one's that one's one I think I was really happy with, the fact that I completed everything in it. Uh, and then recently I came close to doing Spider-Man. I have one more style of mission to finish, and I, I get the 100%. Very but cool. But it's those stupid drones, man. I can't do that those levels. Yeah, yeah the sw- is it the swinging one? Yeah, where you got to chase the drones yep. through the city. You're man. you're stuck exactly that's, where I that's am, bro. The one thing I was not able to get 100 percent on. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm at I'm at like I'm at like a I think like 90 something right now on Spider Man. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's it's literally those last little little few levels, but like I, I can't even. I think the last thing that I I hundred percented was Uncharted Four. Really? Um, yeah. Which I think, yeah. I did. I, I'm pretty sure I that missed one so many of those little bloody treasures. 
Yeah, that's what it I, is, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And God of War is is like is kind of like in the same sort of vein. Like, there's a lot of things that you can pick up and find, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing that enough. And it sucks that like the story, like to Kevin's point, like the story is like not even 70%, you know, it's like 30, it's 30% of the game. 70% is like, is like finding the rest of the stuff. It's like, it was easier back in the day when you could actually, it was just the mission, you know, it was just a hundred percent. I just beat, uh, as I mentioned, I just beat Ori on stream and I looked at the completion rate and it was 60%. Right. And that's just the Mm. the campaign. Right. So there's still a ton. I, it's funny that you guys mentioned Spider-Man so much. That's the one for me. That's actually, believe it or not, the first game that I'm a bit embarrassed to say that I've ever 100%ed. Um, and I, like, I can't believe, thank you. I can't believe it's taken me this long in my life to say that I've 100%ed a game. But, you know, for me, it's, I think the big thing is like, again, when you're, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm able to be more invested in them and, and I, I play a lot more. So for me, it's tough to sort of stick with a game and get 100% when it's like, oh, shiny new game just came out, you know, and now it's like there's a new game every day that people are telling you have to play. So it's, you know, it's a great first world problem to have. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, but no, I you know what, Spider-Man, I want to play it again, even though I 100%ed it, I definitely want to play it again. And I think if any developer wants to know the what's what's you know if they said what's the key to making sure that our our player base sticks with this game and 100% it it's traversal it's traversal i can't think of an i can't think of another game that i was actually happy to ignore the fast travel system for you know yeah, mm. yeah. like did you guys find that with with swinging around and oh, oh yeah. yeah it was a blast right yeah. i i want to do that's, it right that's now. the only way that was the only way to get around so for sure something was at the yet? opposite end mhm uh, is there any word for a sequel? Um, again, it's prob- probably. Um, I-, I believe there, when the game had just sort of calmed down, um, there were a lot of rumors about what's going to be happening next. Um, when you guys get through the entire game, you'll you'll see why that is. Um, but I finished uh, the game. Oh, okay. Yes. So oh, you guys I. finished the story, but you haven't you haven't just one hundred percent it, right? Yeah, again, um, yeah. I'm at like ninety eight percent complete on that. I'm so yeah. oh, okay. darn close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't want to spoil it for some people, but uh, yeah. but yeah, there's something that happens at the end there that uh, there's definitely rumors. But again, with everything that's going on, I'm sure Insomniac. Plus, you got to imagine that's probably what they are working on, given that they're about to ship uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, which actually got a new launch date on July 17th. Uh, so go- so it's been moved back. So is that Ghost? Uh, Ghost, is that the, the samurai, yeah, the dude. samurai one, yeah, it looks looks great. so good. And I saw and, a trailer for it recently, and I was just like, yeah, when is that coming out? <laughs> right, and I'm like, okay, so like horseback. Um, I'm 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 hoping that the traversal, like, I hope they 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 take from Spider Man what they can. Obviously, they they're not going to have him swinging around, maybe, but maybe a little bit. Um, cool. Okay, what we talked about Nintendo and how they're they're the, one of the tops for uh, for multiplayer gaming. Guys, what is your favorite multiplayer gaming experience? Goldeneye, baby. Oh yeah, Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys? Gold- so, Kevin, I when hate, you did Goldeneye, uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was just gonna say when you did Goldeneye, how did you guys keep from screen peeking? Uh, you just trust each other, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, we we definitely went on the honor system, but there were points. Remember, like with Julian or Eric, or you know, when we'd be playing with them, they would just they would pull that every so often where they would screen watch and like they would be there and stuff like that when we used to play with them. Oh yeah, for was, sure. Yeah, and no yeah. odd jobs, no odd jobs. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I remember because um, I never owned that game. I did. I guess I did actually play it a little bit, but it, I played it after I had played Halo. Um, so I, I guess I went back. But um, I remember just all the the cheats. You could do the big head mode, mm-hmm. golden gun. Yeah. Yep. Um, paintball was, mode. Paintball mode was so good. Yep. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. And it just, with the big head. Was there head, a zombie mode? Was there a zombie mode? I don't, I don't think, think so. No, I don't okay. think zombies were a thing back then. Probably. <laughs> yet, yeah. 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 Um, but it's funny because uh, you know I mentioned screen peeking. There's actually a game, and I'm just trying to see if I can look it up here. Um, there's a game that's actually dedicated to screen peeking. <laughs> it's ca- it's actually called Screen Cheat, and you have to um, you have to look at your opponent's. All four screens are on the screen, and you have to look at your opponent's screen to be able to tell where they are. Really? And, and yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so it's kind of funny that that that's uh, that's a real thing. But um, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, Justin. So uh, so Kevin down with the uh, with the Golden Eye. Justin, what's your favorite multiplayer experience? I, I would have to say Battlefronts Two on uh, PlayStation Two. Oh, yeah. uh, played that tons of times, especially with Kevin in yeah. Ottawa, and <laughs> playing it all the time. It was uh, it was a blast. It was so much fun. Um, I think that to me was like the pinnacle of like a really good Star Wars game um, mm. other than like the Old Republic. But like that was an entirely different experience, I guess. But Battlefronts was so much fun. It was it was yeah. it was a great time. Yeah. yeah, it was a great time. And I think they, they took a different approach to it. Right. It wasn't just like there was I think there was a mode where you can go out and just kill each other. But yeah, I'm, I, but I, I know that they didn't they have like a, it was like you had to get bases and you know secure yeah, they had cooperative missions they yeah. had against missions they had things where it was like you could just go and i don't know if there was a story as much uh kev do you remember if there was a story mission there was no story mode but what you could do is uh you had to work your way through the planets mm-hmm. like you know but mm-hmm. no i think it, yeah it was it was space it was all just run and gun oh yeah it was tons of fun we would have we would have a blast i want to play it, that so. game again battlefronts yeah. 2 is so good yeah. yeah, and it's it's not like and it, and what's really crazy too, I think the the other thing too is that having come off with certain games on PlayStation Two that were more military focused, it right. was cool to see uh, Star Wars have that same sort of like uh, design approach to it, but it was Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and later, obviously, they would be coming out. You know, Dice would be coming out with Battlefronts on PlayStation Four, and the experience was much different, especially with the interjection of like online. I find online yeah. gaming with these with these like sort of uh, first person shooter games, it's almost like I'm not that great. I'm a casual gamer, but like yeah. there's these kids that are just like you know, you get killed, you wake up, you get killed, you wake up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I just couldn't. Well, and then I it takes stay fifteen alive. bloody minutes to load each level. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and they, you know, developers will try to combat that with uh you know with trying to do level systems right and getting okay you're level one i'm gonna get you in with other level ones so on and so forth but i you're right justin like it's one of those things with multiplayer games now where if you weren't keeping up with it you're even you know if you if you even if you did it for like a, a week you go away from it for a month and you lose just constantly and yeah and i think the thing about it that like i i prefer playing like a game like battlefronts or even call of duty with people in the same room rather than with online because at least with the people that are in the room with me there's yeah. there's like a, a marginal comparison of who's good you know what i mean like we could there's all chance for everyone to win really right um but like with online it's just like there's some crazy and they're like probably 13 and they're just running around you know knife stab run shoot you know you know it's just yeah, all yeah, these yeah. different moves like they're just running around around killing people so it's it's crazy um for me 
shout out to Towerfall, shout out to Mario Kart, but I'm sorry, Super Smash Brothers will forever be the best multiplayer game in my opinion. I've played every single Super Smash Brothers uh, since the GameCube. I guess well, all of them. Um, I remember, <laughs> I I remember playing with one of my my little cousins and. Uh, and they were playing as I actually let them play, and they were playing as Jigglypuff, just mashing buttons. And you know, to this day, the game still surprises me because um, I threw something at them that I did not know could be caught. And in midair, my little cousin, who's just running their hand over the controller, is catches this thing, absorbs it, and spits it back out at me. And I was just like, "How did you even?" do that or I guess they were they were Kirby but like I didn't I, I've never even seen that done in the game and it was just something that was pro level stuff and I don't know I also think that you know Kevin you gave me a thumbs down just a moment ago for this game because it's just a button mashing nightmare that game but it's I not. am so bad at it I'm so bad at it let me see if I can change your mind Kevin so um, you know you've got Mortal Kombat and you've got your you know your fighting games like uh, Street Fighter and all of those have very intricate combos that you would do where you press a sequence of buttons over a period of time. Super Smash Brothers goes a- it does away with that where of course it's still a fighting game and it still requires timing but there's you know side A up A right A and down A and then there's right there's or uh, and then there's side B and and up B and down B and all of the controls for each character, they all do relatively the same thing in a slightly different way that makes their character unique. But once you know what jump is, once you know what side smash is and what block is, you know it for every single character. Whereas I cannot say the same thing about any Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat game, which those games are, are awesome, they're super enjoyable, but I would say those are button smashing games. I think Smash is much more nuanced and I think you gotta give it another chance. I I've tried for years and years. I, it's just not very fun for me. I've never yeah. won. Yeah, I've never won. I suck. I'll find a I'll find a way to teach you, Kevin. You could be okay. my Padawan. Okay, It'll I do be fine. Okay. I do have an honorable mention though for yeah. uh, this multiplayer experience, and I and I was actually really surprised at how much I enjoyed it replaying it uh, a couple months ago. But uh, Mario Party, yeah, like Mario Party is is like which is one though. A, you're talking well, about on Switch? on Switch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well. Yeah. I, I. I. know that there's variations, but I, I just like the experience of it. It's yes. very board game like, and yeah. you know, everyone's a player, and everyone gets a chance. And the only thing that um, sucks is when you get screwed, right. you know, yeah. through no fault of your own. Right. 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 <laughs> there comes because the, someone the else screws quit. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. I. I agree with Kevin on absolutely 100. percent There. The. The thing that was with the that fun game, of it though. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's like a board people, game, right? If like you, if you had an opportunity. Sure, but I think there's 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 skill and there's chance, and you know you'll see that too with Mario Kart, where people claim, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's rubber banding, right? Where you'll you'll be in first, and then the person that's super far back is going to just shoot right up because they'll get all the the special items and stuff like that. So it's like you know they they try to to make it uh, work in that way, but. No, I, I agree with you, Kevin. It, it does suck when you you've won literally everything in that game, and then because a dice roll or or like you know one person steps on one block and you lose everything. It's just yeah, yeah. It can it can be a little frustrating for sure, you know. But uh, but no, definitely definitely um, uh, props <laughs> and to the uh, Mario Kart shout out because there's another classic multiplayer oh, yeah. 
you know, lose you can lose a friend in in one shot of a red shell. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, with blue shells now these days too. Well, yeah, right. Um, cool guys. So, what is your favorite story based game? What's the first game that you really were invested in the story and you thought, like, wow, like this is this is better than a movie for me? I think the original Red Dead Redemption, like, so the yeah. like, the, it was so good. Uh, you know, and so long, but engrossing. I really enjoyed the story there and the ups and downs with the characters. And when somebody okay. died or whatever, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty, pretty powerful. I also thought the, uh, the story was a lot of fun for, um, I think it was GTA five. Oh yeah. Where you were the three different characters mm-hmm. and you know, their stories sort of wove. That was the pinnacle of that series for me as well. But no, I think the red dead was the one that I think stands out the most for me. But that's Rockstar for you, you know? Like, yeah. Rockstar, they know how to make a game that's not just... It's not just open world, make your own story. It's also, when you want, we also have this incredibly full dialogue story. And even more so with uh, with Red Dead and, then of course, Red Dead 2. But, um, dude, I just remember Red Dead uh, getting lost in that game and thinking that I was playing the story. And it was a side mission, you know? <laughs> Uh, and then I think I'm going to like um, Uncharted for the story more than even just the gameplay. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the best Indiana Jones movie in 20 years. <laughs> That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, game, story game. I, I think I talked about this in great detail, but, you know, uh, Last of Us was probably the the story game for me. Yeah, you uh, love that game. Just because it, it does blur the lines of gaming movie experience. Absolutely. Um, so that to me, but I think that, you know, very much to the point of what Kevin was mentioning about some of the games that he listed, you know, it's all been kind of planted there um you know gta had a very extensive period where it was one person in this one world and you know with gta 5 shifting to like three stories that weave together just helps bring that universe that much more right like you're getting more invested in that story and red dead was was so much fun again again another game that really does blur those lines between the story and the game experience Mm -hmm. you're invested you know you're invested in that and and, and in a whole new way because you want to see how this this story plays out so um well you mentioned um you know how the game blends between gameplay and story and i think a big part of that has to do with the advancements in in animation and of course the graphics Mm -hmm. right um but but uh, you know i love i love when a game does that to me where i'm watching the game cutscene and then it it cuts to a moment where your character's just standing there yep. and you yep. think the cutscene is still going. <laughs> Spider-Man did it I really well. I found that well a lot too. in God of War. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And then you'll just you're just standing there, boy. Um Yeah, man. Spider-Man dude. Spider-Man did it really well as as well this this oh, yeah. uh this past game. Uh, I think that's why the story was just, awesome in that. Yeah, and wanting to see it through. It was it was actually better than some of the movies. You Have you guys I mean? played like, the DLC for it yet? No. Okay. No. Oh, there's some good stuff with Black Cat and uh, and some other characters. And dude, you got to check it out. You got to check it out. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, the Last of Us is mine as well, dude. The game had me crying within 20 minutes. Don't don't say anything, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> for me, dude, it redefined like how cinematic uh, a game storyline could actually be. Um, I mean, they knocked it out of the park with Uncharted, and I get that was kind of the first one. But The Last of Us, I think I think what sets it apart for me and why it stuck 
with me long past like rolling the credits is you know Nathan Drake in Uncharted you probably kill thousands of bad guys and he doesn't blink an eye (laughs) whereas with Last of Us you know the way that they engross you into the storyline they they make you feel things for characters that you're that you're killing there's that, there's an emotional there's an emotional investment right yes. whereas like nathan drake is a hero yeah in like an indiana jones story this is someone fighting for their life there's no heroes uh, in, in last of us exactly there's yeah. no there's no heroes it's just survival yeah right it's it's a it's a very intricate story about the like emotional story about survival yeah man and um dude it's just you know as you said it's killer be killed it's desperate it's sad um I'm looking so forward to the next one, which, you know, we talked about getting delayed, but... All right, but, um, you know, story-based games are one thing, and we talked about how The Last of Us is so good when it comes to making us feel like we're playing a movie. But guys, there haven't been a ton of great video games that are based on movies, as well as not a lot of great uh, movies based on video games, but, but even more so, there's so few... Uh, video game movies that aren't just cheap tie-ins um guys what is your favorite video game that's based on a movie uh for me i'm going a little outside the park here sure um it's the star wars trilogy arcade game oh and so it was like a sit down game uh you had a joystick and you basically go through and recreate uh, some of the most iconic scenes from the original trilogy Mm, Uh, i remember that it's, it's it's an arcade it, experience, right? It's, it's an arcade game. It takes yep. about half an hour. You go through the whole trilogy. Uh, you start off with the Battle of Yavin. Then mm-hmm. you're on Hoth. Awesome. Um, then you fight um, Boba Fett. Then you're on a speeder bike in the forest moon of Endor. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you lightsaber battle Darth Vader. Oh. Uh, and then you jump in the Millennium Falcon and blow up uh, the second Death Star. So again, it was like a 30-minute experience. I probably beat it about 10 times in my life. If I'm at an arcade and I see it, I'm sitting down with five bucks and playing 100%. So it was like the wow. first smuggler's run, essentially. Like, in terms of, like, you know, flying the sure. Millennium Falcon, right? I remember arcades, like, sitting there watching people play it, and you mentioned the Hoth level, and I remember just standing behind, like, some kid that just didn't know what he was doing, and, like, <laughs> I'm just like, dude, you have to attach the, the hook thing to the to It was the amazing, ad-ats. Like, man. You got to friggin' take down AT-ATs, and, like, it's... <laughs> I, w- I want a unit of this. That is... If I, could, <laughs> if I were gonna own any sure. arcade console whatever arcade game it would be that one ah what a i wonder dream. how much they are i'm gonna look that up but yeah. uh <laughs> okay to find find the price I, i'll i'll uh, i'll talk about the one that i w- was thinking about yeah. um it was actually again another one because uh, my gaming experience was also infused with my friendship with kevin because he exposed me to a lot of games because sometimes he had systems and games that i just didn't have yeah um and one of the ones that he had was uh, the matrix tie-in the, the oh, matrix yeah. game that oh, actually dude, tied I, into the movie it was on my list um, it was yeah. on my list. Um, it didn't make it, was but it was dope. Up. That game yeah. was dope. We enjoyed it. We there was and what I loved about it is that it it, it actually fit into the story because you were you were obviously telling a story about how, uh, Jada Pickett Smith's character and and you know her on the on the ship that she was on. Yeah. Um. And so you have you know minor interactions with the people that are in the film, but it was very centric on that story. Uh, but there was like this hacking feature. Where you could like go into terminal and like hack a code, like and there were cheats and there oh, was like sick. a plethora of them and would give you it was like you were hacking the matrix to give you more enhancements. Right. You would get um, like unlimited bullet time. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. Cool. It's yeah. things like that, right? Yeah. So, and I thought it was so well done. And I, and you know, you you did call out the fact that some of these movie, uh, you know, games based on movies are are, are cheesy. And and you're you're right. I thought this one actually kind of did it well because it just kept it focused on characters that we had already seen and identified in. Uh, in a, in a movie, yeah. uh, but just focus the story on them and, and just kind of who they are. And they actually had the actors come and do the voices. So I think that's also really, really cool. I think that's how you do it, right? That's the way you get it right is to to say, we're not going to just make the exact movie. We're going to give you like the cut, the, the deleted scenes, essentially, as a storyline for a new game. Um, that's fantastic. I, I, I kind of really want them to remake that game now. That's awesome. Very cool. Kevin, it sounded like you had a price. Uh, I'm seeing some for as much as 4,500 bucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even the the version that I'm familiar with, where you you actually had a seat. These are just stand up models. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. imagining it. You're you're hitting like woo. Yeah. So I I ain't getting this thing until I win the lottery. There's a game that I I've chosen as my favorite movie based game. Um, that unfortunately is no longer with us and i'll explain that in a, in a little bit but um scott pilgrim versus the world for xbox 360 and ps3 oh man what a game dude so it sides imagine this right it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up game in a movie that's like an homage to video games and now you've got a video game that's an homage to the movie that's an homage to video games it it was awesome dude four-player co-op um Kind of like, uh, did you guys ever play like Streets of Rage or River City Ransom? Like those kind of games where you go, you know, it's side scrolling, you go on the streets, you can pick up anything or you can pick up enemies and throw them and things like that. You guys ever play a game like that? No, uh, beat them up. I'm not familiar with that one, no. Dude, it, it was it was so cool. Um, you, unfortunately, you can only watch videos of it now. It was, <laughs> it was developed by Ubisoft and uh, they actually lost the rights to it. And because it was a digital digital only release on the 360 and ps3 you you can't even buy it anymore um so unfortunately it's gone it's living in in video game heaven hopefully it gets a re-release but um scott pilgrim versus the world i think you know as a a toronto fan and uh and a fan of uh of video games and a fan of that comic book series and movie i think it uh i think it absolutely nailed it i wonder if it's better than that crappy movie <laughs> you didn't like the movie? <laughs> oh no! Oh, Kevin! I know. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, we can find another one that's similar, and we'll do a we'll do a movie combat. You pick you pick some like '90s gem that you love, and uh, and I'll take uh, I'll, I'll take, take on... any any video game based movie. Yeah, Mortal Kombat two. No, oh, dude. No, I would love to. I would love to go at it with you on that one. Um, okay, fine. fine. We'll, we'll have to figure something out, and I'll I'll definitely. combat Scott Pilgrim. I'm definitely looking forward to that movie combat, but I'm I'm also looking forward to the future of gaming, guys. We got the last question for our topic of the show. I want to know, with everything we've talked about, and with your entire journey up until now, what are you most looking forward to in the future of gaming? I think. The, the only place they can go is is to expand on VR, right? Like, I Ooh. think that's sort of the future. Yeah. What's your experience with VR so far, Kevin? Have you... Um, Starcy owns one of the units. I, yeah. I can't... Um, so I've the done Quest. the Star Wars. I've done the Star Wars um, game. Yeah. The yeah, first the, uh, chapter of that. The Darth Vader game on, uh, on the Quest, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, Beat Saber, which is a lot of fun. For somebody oh. who likes, you know... Um, 
like Guitar Hero and those style of games, it's a, it's a cool to see that sort of taken to the next level. Well, you mentioned so. Beat Saber. They actually just launched a um, a workout version of Beat Saber as a DLC. So, Kevin, oh, did they? get on it, dude. Let's do there it together. Go. You and there I. There we go. <laughs> okay, so now I just need to buy an eight hundred dollar VR set. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. No, no issues there. Um, <laughs> what else are you looking forward to with VR? Uh, just to see what they can do with it. Really, you know, like yeah, because uh, I know uh, I know some people who have watched sporting events and they say it's really really cool. It's like you're there, you know. And so if that's an option to make watching a hockey game or a baseball game that much more like you're there without having to go. It, uh, it might be the only way, right? Right, right now, Who knows? Yeah. But no, that's that's something I would definitely like to try uh, awesome. going forward. Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of where I was heading to, is like VR is kind of the new way of how yeah. to experience gaming. And if you've already, if you take everything that, you know, has already been learned from previous consoles and gaming experiences, story, um, experience, uh, it's just VR is this perfect place for it to all just blend and become next level like i haven't played the star wars um darth vader oculus i i was tempted to just buy one but nate i might just come pick one up from you if you're not using yours and just do it at my house yeah man i'll just i'll i'll inject a bunch of lysol into your face and you can totally try it out (laughs) exactly (laughs) no dude I, i would i would totally let you do that 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 sounds like a lot of fun yeah, because I think I like I, I want to do the Star Wars thing, but I've done like w- where did what would we do at uh, Fan Expo? Was doing Iron Man? Oh, I was yeah. doing Iron Man, and yeah. I had such a tough time. You were terrible really doing it. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. But the, the the thing that was so immersive of it was just how crazy it was to be in another space. Like I was I was kind of shocked by how sensational it felt yeah. uh, to be to be in it. So um, I I think I think VR is the next imagine, step. Imagine sp- a Spider-Man type game with in VR like they've done it. You would have they? They've done it but not well. <laughs> See that's well, the thing, right? The I still Man think it's got... so early for VR, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the Iron Man PS uh PSVR game that was supposed to be coming out has been delayed yeah, along with, with Last, Last of Us. Of... Yeah. Yeah, so um you know, that was I think that would have been a really, you know, interesting cuz even just doing that test trial at Fan Expo, where you're just floating around and flying, it was like weird. Like I was actually moving. Like I, you know, the person had to keep like, oh nope, you gotta go over here. Nope, you gotta go over here. So there's there's definitely that. I don't well, know. That's, that's I, I think that's that's the future, man. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you guys. Um, I want VR to just get better and better. Um, what do you guys think are the two things that need to happen to get VR to be more mainstream? What are the two things that need to change? Uh, I think price is a huge hindrance, right? Uh, but you also need some full games, I think, for yeah. it to sort of, to you know. It's a lot of um, tech demos, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's a lot of 15 minutes sort of, you know, you try it and then you're done it, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. It feels uh, like, yeah, it feels very demo oriented. I always, I was thinking though, like uh, with the Star Wars Darth Vader piece, it seems like it's like story based, like chapters, right? Yes. Yeah. How many chapters are out now for it? There's, there's three total. So okay. the whole game is three chapters, but but realistically, I mean, you're kind of right there. But even that is still it still pales in comparison. You've got like a, what a, a three hour experience, maybe four hour experience compared to um, you know a full video game being right. 12 but hours, I, I also hours. think I yeah. think the way you're digesting it and consuming it in the sense that it's not you sitting right. in a chair with a controller versus it needs to be uh, controlled in sort of. Uh, uh, 
I guess contrived a little bit so that it's it you 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 can digest it in smaller amounts so you're not just sitting in VR for you're like pacing yourself eight hours playing a game right like well, you can't I, sit in VR for eight hours and play that was a game. the other thing that I I was thinking was comfort right yeah. that's yeah. that needs to change I think so price comfort and yeah I think I think absolutely uh, getting more full games um, there's a game that released called Half Life Alex. Uh, which unfortunately is not out on the Quest. I would hope it would come to Quest and PSVR. Um, I think it's only out on the, the higher-end versions of the VR systems right now. But Half-Life Alex, according to uh, critics, is the first virtual reality video game in the sense of it's a full story, it's a full-length game. Um, that but game yeah, would man. be terrifying. Oh, dude. If it's anything <laughs> like the original like Half-Life... Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I used yeah. to watch uh, our buddy Julian play all the time uh, on the computer. That, was, that yeah. was, Those games were scary. Well, speaking of making games even scarier, I think that's, for me, I don't want graphics to get better. I think, you know, they'll only go up a little bit. I don't think they'll progress too much uh, with next generation. But what I really think, once we dig into these next-gen consoles, maybe not at the beginning, but maybe in the middle of their life cycle, close to the end of their life cycle, I think we're going to see major improvements on AI. That's what I want. I want smarter characters. I want to have a conversation with a video game character that's different than the conversation you would have and different than the conversation anyone else would have. Right? Like I think that's how we make games more realistic. And that's how you start the robot over... (laughs) Bro, so <laughs> we talked about Westworld. Westworld is going to come out of uh, our video games. I mean, you look at Red Dead already. There's characters in Red Dead Redemption Two that if you you know just follow them around for a day and don't and try to like maintain your you know you safe, safe practice safe distancing, you will uh, you'll actually see their lives. Like they'll 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 have chores. They'll have a family that they take care of. Like it's it's unbelievable the fact that that's already happening. So I just can't wait until it becomes more of um of an experience where Kevin you'll play a game and you'll just have such a completely different experience with a specific character because you have a different relationship with that character. I think that that'd is be how, very cool. Yeah, right. Is how video games get get better. Well, guys, that is it for our topic of the show. I know it was a ton of questions, but. Maybe you know what? You know, I'm a little bit passionate about video games. You might be able to tell. So I really <laughs> wanted to see. I really wanted to give you guys a a pulse for you know where we all are uh, at Geekcentric on our our video game journeys. Um, but guys, that's it. You bunch of camping noobs. Uh, we hope you enjoyed <laughs> this week's episode. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. We are Geekcentric, and you can be too. So that means you can actually check us out at uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Follow us on Twitter at geekcentricyt. And follow us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Oh, um, and if you enjoyed today's episode and love gaming as much as, as I do, uh, you, can catch, you can catch my live stream every Tuesday and Thursday night at 8 p.m. at twitch.tv slash nateplaysgames. Come say hi. Come hang out with me. Let's play some games. Let's play some Doom Eternal and... And all that stuff. Um, be a lot of fun to see you. And, and if you are listening to this podcast and you do visit me there, shout out that you listen to the podcast. I'd love to know, you know who's, who's coming from where. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining me for today's Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, Be A Start filled episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes my joke. Oh, no. <laughs> um, guys, did you, have, you guys had some fun with the interview thing. Do you think we might do that again? Uh, yeah, I think it's a great way to uh, sort yeah. of, you know, explore a topic like this. 
Yeah. Right. Rather think, than it kept a conversation going in a structured way, but still allowed us some freedom to share stories and stuff. So it was yeah, a lot of I, fun talking about some nostalgic uh, memories. Yeah, and I think that it's it's also just nice to hear how we've all kind of either had similar experiences with gaming, um, and you know some some different. Uh, it's always enlightening to see how we've all been impacted by something. So yeah, man, cool, awesome. Well, we'll have to pick. Uh, the next topic for next week's episode, we're not sure what it is yet, but uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, we'll see you then. And yes. as as we say, love ya. Stay home safe, guys. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> <laughs>